This is Talking Business. I'm joined now by Marie Lamfrendo, who's the CEO of Global Infrastructure Hub. G'day, Marie. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much. Now, the Global Infrastructure Hub, you joined it February this year, so quite a recent uh, uh, recruitment there. The This thing, the GI Hub, was started at the Brisbane G20 in uh, 2014. I remember it at the time. It was all Joe Hockey's idea, I think, and he and it was designed to... Um, increase global GDP by 2%, which, um, and I'm, to be honest, Marie, I'm, uh, I was surprised it's still going because it, it didn't obviously uh, succeed in increasing global GDP by 2%, or at least maybe, maybe GDP would have been 2% lower without it. What do you think? Thanks, Alan, for the question. Um, actually, this 2% uh, was part of the initial discussion and pitch, but very much, I think, the um, intention for the hub is more generally to increase the flow and the quality of infrastructure projects around the world. So to do that, we share data, knowledge, leading practices, and help the public and the private sector to work more closely together uh, to deliver crucial public infrastructure projects. So um, at the end of a four-year mandate, and also because we work directly uh, to deliver the G20 infrastructure agenda, um, and also the G20 objectives, if you want. Uh, there was a consensus across the G20 to actually renew uh, the hub for another four years. Uh, so that's basically where I come into place early 2019 uh, for another four-year mandate up to 2023. So the difference now is also that, of course, we're based in Sydney, headquartered in Sydney, but we have also an office in Toronto, um, and we have a mix of staff of professional um, between the public and the private sector. And so we're working actively on indeed uh, sharing more of his insights uh, across the value chain, but also really uh, working in disrupting this industry. So for one of the example is um, a recent um, initiative we've just launched, which is called the Infra Challenge. Uh, the Infra Challenge is an innovation competition, basically, to drive some new innovative ideas into the infrastructure space, which historically has, very, has been very slow to digitize. So we also want to connect better the digital and the infrastructure world uh, because there is a huge demand from the industry to work with the tech industry and the tech industry hasn't really caught it so far. And lastly, why focusing on digital? Um, it's obviously an area that the hub uh, has identified into a core focus for the next four years, but also because it has, uh, is also an area for interest of the G20 with Infratech agenda for this year, for the presidency of the Saudi Arabia for 2020, which has just been approved in the last few days, um, just actually coming back from Riyadh where we had this meeting. Right. So, so you said disruption, I think. The idea is to disrupt. What are you going to disrupt? Well, um, as you know, we have been talking about a couple of innovation in the infrastructure space uh, for some time. Uh, that started by computer aid design, and then we get into what we call BIM, building information modeling. These technologies have actually been out there for a long time. Uh, but I think now we are really on the edge of a disruption of a 5G, which is really going to be the era of Internet of Things and big data. So we start seeing the different magnitudes of potential um, disruptive innovation that brings value, like digital twins or mobility as a service, uh, demand management, you know, in terms of for traffic or electricity. But also um, 3D scanning, 3D printing, prefab bridges and buildings. So 
I think we're just at the beginning of this area of disruption within the infrastructure industry. If you look at the data, the infrastructure industry has been a very uh, low digitized industry, as I mentioned earlier, but really, I think it is really time. That being said, will the innovation will come only from new technology? Maybe not. Why we've actually kept this infra challenge very broad is really to ensure that um, within the infrastructure ecosystem, which is very big, I mean, on average, one project will see 60 different players from the inception to the operation and maintenance. So maybe the innovation is about the new approaches um, that the different players could work out together uh, and potentially also this new business model attached to that. Yeah, so the, the competition that you've launched this year, that's focused on digital solutions for infrastructure. Is that right? And, and is it is it also focused more on social infrastructure than than physical infrastructure? So it's indeed digital solutions. Um, and um, what we are actually looking at is what we call both economic and social infrastructure. So economic infrastructure is really the road, the bridges and, and um, um, power plants. Social infrastructure will be about schools, hospitals, prisons and so on. And so how do you win? How does one win the competition? How do you enter? What do you have to do? And how do you win? And what do you get if you um, win? Yeah, I think that's certainly the core. Um, so there are four stages. Um, so we have now an open website, which is called the Info Challenge website, an application um, or will be running up to the 24th of February of 2020. And the applicants should be providing a video pitch, written application and a summary. Um, It's also important to mention here that we are partnering um, for this initiative with the MIT Solve, so the Massachusetts Institute Solve Initiative, which is really um, an initiative within the MIT, which is trying to bring the tech entrepreneur much more streamlined in various industry. So that was really an ideal partner. So working with the MIT um, on putting together a panel of governments and private sector leaders And we will be running all of this application for the panel. And in March, 21st run finalists will be undertake then an eight weeks of mentoring with the global leaders from tech, government and infra to develop their ideas further. In May, 10 finalists are chosen and then they will be receiving again six weeks of additional mentoring. And we will have a final event um, in June uh, where the finalists will pitch their ideas and the winner will be announced at the live event. So what they're going to be winning, but I think, as you said, the kind of core part of it, uh, it's actually a multiple um, interesting package. The first one is a funding package of equivalent of 50,000 Australian dollar to implement the digital solution. They will work more with the MIT Solve um, on developing the solution, starting with a needs assessment. Um, they will also be able to be exposed to the G20 infrastructure working group, to which we are kind of belonging to as the a global infrastructure hub, the multilateral development banks, and also be plugged in into uh, the entire um, flagship challenge event of the MIT Solve moving forward. Right. Well, that's very interesting. Now, listen, um, I had a little peek at your annual report. Um, this is for... Uh, up to June 2018, I don't think there is one for this year yet, so this is before you started, and the, the budget for the 2018 financial year was $13.7 million, and it's very interesting, 6.8 of that came from Australia, um, which is more than half the budget, and uh, this is like four years on, so that was presumably the, the whole thing about the Australian. So what happened, what's the budget in the new one, in the new four years? Is it the same? Have you managed to get the same budget or um, and, and is Australia still coughing up half the money? 
Um, in terms of the, the exact numbers for this year, you will be able to see them in Tivenial reports. They will be soon released. Uh, but in a nutshell, I mean, uh, the hub had in total 10 different funders in the first round. And in the second round, um, for the time being, the funders, we still have some remaining budget coming for the initial four years and additional commitment that has been provided by both Australia and Canada. Right. Um, and there was a, a, a very prominent uh, absence from the list of company, uh, countries contributing, and the United States not there. So it's still not there, I, I, I take it. Is that right? Not, not coughing up? Well, there are different ways to be involved with the hub. Um, and one of them uh, is through our governance, we have what we call a strategic council, where uh, interested G20 countries can actually contribute to the content and ensuring that what the hub has been made for, which is, as again, at the core of a G20 agenda and deliverables, could be delivered. So on that end, the US are actually part of the strategic council. Okay, right. And, and this year's, or sorry, next year's um, chair or, or convener of the G20 is Saudi Arabia. Is that right? Yeah, this has started already. So officially, uh, the transition from one G20 presidency to another is at the end of November, beginning of December. And uh, the transition has just happened between Japan and Saudi. So I um, actually came back just yesterday from Saudi Arabia, where we had the first deputy finance uh, minister meeting, where we actually agreed on the priorities uh, for the G20, and especially for infrastructure. Um, the two main priority are in direct continuity with uh, the last years, which is a good thing, because you want to be able to build on what has been done. So in 2018, Argentina um, agreed on on a roadmap for infrastructure as an asset class, detailing five different pillars, uh, including project preparation, regulatory frameworks, uh, capital markets, uh, and quality infrastructure. So last year, under the Japanese presidency, we deep dive into the quality infrastructure agenda, which I think is a key one, especially uh, for infrastructure that are uh, prepared and implemented for a span of at least 50 years, if not more, you want them to follow the principle that we all agreed on that year, uh, which are very simple, but also, as you can imagine, as a complex agreement between the 20 countries around the table. So there are, you know, economic efficiency across the life cycle, environmental considerations, social considerations, um, disaster, uh, sorry, resilience against natural disaster and good governance. So last year, this is actually what we worked on and the specific principles and what were the different resources available, which the hub uh, provided and now will be sustaining this quality infrastructure investment pr um, database of resources, uh, both in terms of knowledge, but also a specific uh, window of financing within MDBs and, uh, and donors. And then uh, for this year, I think what the Infratech agenda is also doing uh, is really a continuation of this quality infrastructure and certainly very much about the economic uh, efficiency across the life cycle. We need now to start embedding more sensors and technology to ensure really infrastructure uh, could serve better its purposes because at the end it is indeed a commodity. It is there to serve uh, and um, the community and better connect people. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, Marie. Thanks very much for joining us. It's been great talking to you. Thank you very much. I've been talking to Marie Lamfrendo, who is the CEO of the Global Infrastructure Hub.